We hear about IQ all the time. It's your intelligence quotient. And it's supposed to be about how smart you are, but it only measures book smarts. What about your emotional intelligence? In this episode, we talk about how to build better relationships by improving your emotional intelligence. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to adulting.tv. I'm Harlan Landis, and I'm here with Miranda Marquette. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Fantastic. And it's always exciting to record with you in person. I'm happy about that. We'll have a great discussion today about emotional intelligence. This is kind of a, a fun one to talk about because we talk about smarts all the time. And when we talk about intelligence, when we talk about being smart, most of the time we are talking about grades and testing, you know, like school tests and your GPA and things that make us book smart. But we don't think about other types of smarts or other types of intelligence. Well, I, th- I think we think about it a lot. We just don't always know exactly what to call it. Being emotionally acutely aware of what's going around you is such an important skill to have, whether you're building relationships with people or trying to move forward at work or trying to convince people of things that you find are important or you're trying to get your way. All of these things have emotional intelligence coming into play. And someone who is really emotionally intelligent, you'll find that they get by in this world a lot easier and have a lot less, a lot fewer struggles with things. Yeah, and that's and that's really true, whether we're talking about the way they are involved in romantic relationships, uh, their career, their friendships, or even their uh, sibling relationships or parent-child relationships. I know that since my teenage son has started developing a little more emotional awareness, it's helped our relationship. So, so that's been nice. What are the things that identify emotional intelligence? Like, what is it? Well, a lot of the time, it's the things that we think of as maturity. Very specifically, there's a number of things that kind of indicate your level of emotional intelligence. And self-regulation of your behavior and your feelings, I think, is a huge function of emotional intelligence. Definitely. And part of that is uh, you talk about the self-regulation of your feelings. Part of that is also being emotionally aware of yourself. A lot of the time, not we're we're not always aware of you know how we are managing ourselves. We're not always aware truly of our emotions, or sometimes we choose to put them aside and ignore what we're feeling. And so, being able to acknowledge those feelings and then manage them appropriately—that's part of emotional intelligence as well. Sure. And then being able to identify other people's emotions and to understand what they're feeling, which isn't always possible by listening to the words that they say, but understanding a little bit about human nature and understanding about someone else and their individual uh, approaches and, and what you can get from somebody that goes beyond the words that they say. And that's a huge piece of emotional intelligence. Yeah. And then finally, we're talking about regulating our own emotions. And you can't fully regulate somebody else's emotions, of course, but understanding people and knowing where they're coming from and being able to identify 
their emotions and, and, and everything, you can interact with them in a, in a way that maybe can help cheer them up or maybe help calm them down. It's a way of understanding how to react to other people in a way that can help them, even if you can't totally control what other people feel. That's really everything that you need to know about emotional intelligence. Oh, good. We're done then. <laughs> We're done. We'll talk to you later. One of the things that, you know, why is it important to be emotionally intelligent? And I think this is, you know, as as we said at the start, you know, building better relationships. It's really the core of everything that we're talking about on this on this podcast. Being emotionally intelligent and aware will help you immensely as you try to build better relationships in all aspects of your life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's you know kind of the thing there. But it also helps you gain more control over yourself, right? I mean, part of being an adult, part of acting like a grown-up is having a degree of self-mastery. And, you know, that emotional intelligence can actually help you um, be able to control your emotions better, be able to put things into perspective better, and help you behave appropriately in many different situations, whether it's family Thanksgiving dinner or whether it's something at the office. Yeah, I think knowing what's appropriate behavior and what's not appropriate behavior is, is a big part of emotional intelligence. And we've definitely seen that recently in the news with people who behave poorly and are now paying the price for it. A level of emotional intelligence will help you recognize what's appropriate and what's inappropriate and uh, perhaps stop you from making poor personal decisions uh, that result in hurting other people um, You know, as the main issue and then a minor issue getting yourself in trouble. Yeah, for sure. We talk about self-awareness, the making the better decisions. So we know that it's a good idea to develop this emotional intelligence. So, wow, we are just cruising, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's, it's pretty straightforward it's, when you it's think very about straightforward, it. straightforward, yeah. But it's not... That doesn't mean that it's easy because if you are not... If you haven't gotten to the point where you can understand yourself and understand other people, that's, that's a hard thing to get to. So we'll, we'll get right. to how to build your emotional intelligence and how to become more of an aware person as we go along. Yeah, for sure. And that's where we're at. <laughs> so how do you how do you become emotionally intelligent? I think this is something actually that when we're talking about emotional intelligence, this is not something that you do one time and you check off the list and you're like, and I'm done. Boop, boop, boop. I don't need to work on emotional intelligence anymore. Emotional intelligence is more of a skill, and it's something that you have to keep practicing over time. There are many different things that identify emotionally intelligent, and they're all things that anybody can do. So this isn't the case where you feel that you are just clueless when it comes to, for example, understanding other people's feelings, that there's nothing you can do about it. There are many things that you can do about it. And the things that you can do, breaking them down, are not difficult, but if you're not used to it, it just requires going over and over and doing it repeatedly so that you just get the hang of it a little bit. But these are all certainly things that anybody can conquer and will help you be more emotionally intelligent, which will then lead to better relationships, all the good things that we've talked about so far. So one of those things is it comes down to listening to other people. Now, we like to think that we're listening, but a lot of the times when we're listening to somebody talk, we're just waiting for our opportunity to get in there and say something. If someone is talking to you, you want to focus on the things that they're saying, focus on their expressions, focus on their body language, and 
internalize those those things that they're saying. So this is this is active listening. That is something that is a learned skill and it just takes practice. And a big part of that is not interrupting other people. That is one important piece of active listening. There are other ways that you can actively listen to people. But not interrupting is probably the most important thing about that. You also want to be present yeah. uh, in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say. The next thing is you got to put the phone down sometimes. And one of the things that's really kind of interesting and that my ex-husband and I were talking about actually just yesterday, we were talking about how he's a college professor and a lot of the incoming students that come in and that he sees and that he counsels with as they're doing the new student orientation or are working on things is he says he's seeing a drop off in these social skills because this generation that's coming in, they're digital natives. They're used to always having the phone. They're used to always having the distraction. If they don't want to listen to somebody or talk to somebody or if they're bored with a situation, you know, you just turn to the phone. And I know I have done this too and I'm old, but it's hard to break yourself free of the distraction of the phone and put it down. But sometimes it does need to be put away so that you can be fully present and you can engage with whoever it is you're with. And that's that's probably, you know, one of the number one things that we need to do. Yeah. Communication is such a big part of emotional intelligence, being able to competently communicate. When it goes back to the listening a little bit, you want to look for what's being said also importantly, think about what is not being said by the other person. What are they leaving out and why are they leaving out? What could they possibly be leaving out and why? The words that they choose, word choice, there are a lot of different ways to get a message across. And the words that are chosen are chosen for a reason, even if the speaker doesn't necessarily know what those reasons are. But you can think about that and you can determine why are they saying this instead of that. And I mentioned body language, but also the tone of their voice. What is the tone saying? And of course, a lot of this cannot be communicated electronically. So from the very beginning, electronic communication is lacking. When you have more electronic communication than you have in-person communication, you really are not developing the same types of active listening skills and therefore empathy and therefore emotional intelligence that you would be otherwise. So that, that in-person communication is, is so important because of that. Yeah. And, and you know, and I notice a difference when we record episodes like in each other's presence. And I think it makes a difference. I don't know. Does it? Yeah, <laughs> am, I I think being, so. am I being emotionally aware right now? <laughs> no, I think uh, it's a lot easier to go off of each other when we're in the same room together. You know, of course, it would be better if we were facing each other, but we don't have that set up that way right now. So that's right, because we want to look at you. We want to look at you. Yes. And also speaking to the microphone. <laughs> that too. That's very important. Some of the other things you can do to help develop emotional intelligence is when you're feeling uncomfortable, rather than backing away or pushing it away, examine why you feel uncomfortable. And this is actually very important when you're confronting ideas that maybe challenge your worldview a little bit. Living in a state where I'm surrounded by people who don't share my political persuasion, this is something that I've actually learned to do really well is when somebody uh, expresses an idea I don't agree with, rather than immediately putting up the walls, I stop and say, well, why does this make me feel uncomfortable. And I listen and I try to engage. But I also later on try and internally figure out why does this idea make me uncomfortable and look at it that way. So rather than trying to push away or build up walls, examine 
the situation, try and figure out why you feel uncomfortable, and then decide whether or not that's a reasonable response. Yeah. And I think beyond all of this, as you go back and you internalize the things that they're saying and think about it more, try to process it in a way where you can understand their perspective and understand what it is that they're talking about and put yourself in their shoes. And that really is empathy is such a huge part of emotional intelligence. And and what that is, is putting yourself in another person's shoes so that you can see from their perspective and you experience as much as possible as you can, as much as possible, what their situation is like and what life may be or whatever it is that you could be discussing. Figure out what it is that about that situation that's making them think the way they're thinking. And that's fine whether you're talking with somebody you're disagreeing with or you're having a heated argument or you're debating a topic or whether someone is coming to you and they want to talk to you about a problem that they're having and they maybe they don't want you to solve it. Maybe they do want to ask you for help. Regardless, being able to understand life from their perspective instead of just dismissing it and saying, well, you know, if it were me, I wouldn't do that or I wouldn't think that way about the situation. Well, there's you're not them and there's a reason that everybody feels the way they do. Exploring that is a good way to understand what other people are going through. And when you understand what other people are going through, it really opens your mind to a lot of different things. Another thing you can do is ask someone you trust and who knows you well to tell you how you are coming across. So sometimes we don't always realize how we are coming across. I know that I've had people tell me I come across as snobby sometimes. <laughs> so, so in some situations, I come across as snobby or condescending, which I feel bad about and have tried to work on. At first, you know, my first response is, what? I'm not a condescending person. But then, you know, taking a step back and saying, well, wait a second, how do I present myself? How do I speak to people? You know, are there certain situations where I do seem that way? And what can I do to remedy that situation? So ask someone you trust and who knows you well to kind of, I I don't critique you a little bit and then and then really think about it. And it can be a hard thing to do. Um, you know, like we said earlier, it's like, well, yeah, you can boom, 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 go right through this. But when you start really digging in, it may be a simple concept, but it's not something that's easy to master. Yeah. And another thought is to be positive about yourself. I mean, you know, humility is good, but you should recognize your good qualities and also see the good qualities in other people. And and maintaining a positive outlook is a much more emotionally intelligent approach to life. Now, of course, a lot of people have difficulty with this. And whether it's because of depression or just because they don't see those good qualities or they've, they've been beaten down uh, emotionally by other people so much that they don't see that they have good qualities. This, this is really difficult for a lot of people. So I think it's, it's important to find ways, you know, even if it's something small, recognize something that is good about yourself. And focus on that and don't back down from that. If someone criticizes you unfairly or or gives you a hard time for something that you believe may not be true and focus on that good quality. Yeah. And I like you kind of brush this too, is, is looking at good qualities in other people. Uh, and this is something that we're actually having a hard time with right now <laughs> in our country in a lot of ways where we don't recognize the humanity of people who maybe disagree with us. 
And this is not an emotionally intelligent way of moving forward, either individually or as a society. It's important to recognize the good qualities in other people and also recognize that even if they don't always agree with you, it doesn't make them evil and it doesn't make them bad and it doesn't mean they're trying to make things terrible for everybody. So it's really important to recognize the good qualities of other people and use that going forward and as, as you're moving forward to kind of develop that emotional intelligence and recognize that you may not agree with what somebody does. You may really hope to change their mind about something or think that what they're doing is is harmful, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. But that also doesn't mean that you need to listen to everybody because there certainly are people in the extreme, and so it isn't many, but you might encounter it where you you definitely don't need to see where they're coming from and you just uh, hopefully move on safely and without too much conflict because you're not going to change the mind of somebody who's such an extreme person, but also they're not going to change your mind. And if it's something that is totally abhorrent to you, then there's no sense in trying to empathize. Uh, so there are limits. There are definitely right. limits. Well, and I think that's actually part of emotional intelligence is being able to look at something and say, hey, that is actually an unacceptable in our society today. Uh, you know, things like, uh, I don't know, racism, something like that is probably something where you can recognize that, hey, wait a minute, that is an abhorrent position that maybe I don't need to try to understand. Right. Uh, so recognizing that, I think, is is a big piece of emotional intelligence. In addition to that, being able to manage your stress is something that you want to do. So, so practice stress management techniques. And we've done episodes on stress management. So that's something that you can go back and listen to. I was never really very stressed out in the past. I managed to manage my stress well and things... You know, I, I lived a life without much urgency, and I managed to do what I needed to do and have a good time doing it, and I enjoyed my life. But as more responsibility came upon me, of course, more stress came upon me. You know, there were certain instances that I was thrown into, certain situations that were so immensely stressful because I just never really had enough stress. You know, I, th I thought I was just being a good manager of stress, and I just didn't really have too many opportunities to be exposed to real stress. So then I was, and then I had to learn how to deal with it. So there are many ways to do that. And again, we've had lots of podcasts on that, but managing stress is, is a huge piece of emotional intelligence. And, and part of actually developing emotional intelligence is taking care of yourself physically. So one of the things that you run into and one of the things that you find out in research is that sleep deprivation especially can actually cause problems as you make decisions, as you interact with people, and as you manage your emotions. Sleep deprivation can actually be a big problem. Unhealthy eating, not having enough physical activity, all of these things can affect your moods and your mindset and make it harder. So even if you're an emotionally intelligent person, for the most part, getting into these unhealthy situations can make it harder for you to manage your emotions. Expressing your emotions positively and being able to communicate them fully so that other people understand when you're trying to get an idea across, I think it's a huge uh, another, I've been saying everything's a huge piece, but <laughs> it's but all big. It's all big. This is all important. Being able to communicate your emotions is definitely a sign of emotional intelligence. Yeah. And that's one of those things that can be very difficult for some people to practice. I actually have a very difficult time expressing 
my emotions. <laughs> and so it's taken a lot of practice for me to get to a point where I can express some of my emotions. Although sometimes I have a hard time. And if I get comfortable, or if I let my guard down, the dark side of expressing your emotions is that sometimes I overshare. <laughs> and, and that is the dark side right there. And so then I overshare and immediately regret it. And part of emotional intelligence is kind of learning where is that appropriate sharing line. And sometimes it it takes a little practice to figure out, okay, uh, where are we at? And uh, this, the last couple of years have been full of inappropriate moments for me. So oh boy. we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, working on it. I mean, when you say working on it, that's, that's another sign of emotional intelligence. It's, it's being self-aware. It's recognizing those things about your behavior or your emotions that you need perhaps to improve in order to improve other aspects of your life and then figuring out what it is to make that happen, I think, is, a, is, is big. And maybe that's listening to podcasts like this. There's a hint. Subscribe. <laughs> Adulting.tv right. slash iTunes. There you go. It's that easy. <laughs> that's right. We'll solve all your problems in one night. <laughs> Sadly, most of our problems take real work. Um, so what are some of the do nows you can use to begin improving and developing your emotional intelligence? And, you know, like we said before, I mean, this is something that you you have to keep working on for your entire life. But there are things that you can do to make those improvements and become better at it. So one of those things is to become more self-aware of your feelings. And the way to do that is to record, write them down so you know what it is that's going on. I saw a journal once that had a spot. It's probably a bullet journal. And you can set up a page where it's just every day of the year and you draw an icon or a figure or have a symbol or something like that that represents your overall feeling for that day. So that's kind of like an overview type of thing. It's very simple. It gives you a nice glance at your entire year and, and the overall emotions that you've been feeling. And that, that helps you become a little self-aware of, of your emotions. But also getting a little bit more into specifics, you know, every day, perhaps ending the day by writing maybe a sentence that describes your feelings and why you feel a certain way and kind of the whatever the emotional roller coaster of the day happens to be. Just uh, just jot that down. Uh, keeping a journal of this information will help you become more aware of how you're feeling and give you some important information for figuring out those things in life that can take you to a better emotional place. Yeah. And kind of along with that, if you don't enjoy writing, if it's something that you really struggle with, this works as well by making like a voice recording, right? So turn on your voice memo on your phone and record it and, you know, listen back to it in a couple weeks or something. So make sure that you are expressing these to yourself and uh, making some sort of record of how you feel and how your day is going so that you can be more aware of that situation. Yeah, another thing that you can do right now is to go and have a conversation with somebody and really listen to the things that they're saying. Ask some questions, ask some questions that take them into describing their emotions or at least telling you how they feel about certain things and actively listen to them and don't interrupt them and make sure that you understand everything that they're saying and repeat back to them what it is that they're saying. And uh, all of this will just help you build your communication skills, 
which builds your empathy skills, which builds your emotional intelligence, which helps you build relationships. Right. Yeah. And, and make sure you're doing this listening with your phone put away. <laughs> yeah. And then while we're listing things and, and everything, think about somebody you know and list their good qualities. So sit down and look outside of yourself and make a list of someone's good qualities. Yeah, and you can also ask a friend uh, to be completely honest. I think we, I think Miranda mentioned this earlier in the show. Ask someone to give you feedback on how you come across, what how what they feel your emotions are, and ask them how your interaction with them, how they interpret your interaction with them. And you might find out something interesting about you. You might find out that you're not communicating the things that you think you are communicating, and you can go from there. We do have a listener question. I struggle when dealing with people. I can't seem to read their cues or understand what's important to them. How can I learn to better understand social situations and signs? Being able to understand signs is definitely a, a learned skill. It takes practice. And I think it comes down to having people you're at least comfortable with to, to try things out. I would take one of your closest friends and maybe you already have that connection with your closest friends, but break it down and, and communicate with them and try to understand what they're saying and look for cues. If there's something, if it's, if it's an issue that you don't understand something, then you can ask for it. If it's an issue where you may be missing signs, then I think you just need to slow down and use your eyes and ears and all of your senses a little bit more and maybe have a third person in the conversation who's going to be kind of on your side and maybe you have them interpret some of those signs as as you go along in the conversation and that that helps you kind of get some experience at least you'll find what someone else is interpreting while you're involved in this discussion this can actually be a very frustrating amount of emotional work that you're doing especially if um so i am an introvert with add which makes a lot of my social interactions a very involved mentally situation. I actually do have a hard time sometimes catching appropriate cues, and I do have a hard time sometimes behaving appropriately and being able to, to manage that. Part of what I do sometimes in social situations is put up a filter for myself and hold back a lot because sometimes you're, you, you do, you find yourself thinking, okay, this thing I'm about to say, am I responding to something in my own head or did I actually say it? Am I responding to something that came, you know, an old joke that nobody else is going to remember? And then the other side of it, like this, this person mentions is, is reading cues and understanding what's, you know, reading those social cues. And that can be difficult for you if you do have something like ADD or ADHD, or if you're somewhere on the autism spectrum. Those are challenges that it does require a lot of effort and work to put in and it does require you know watching people and trying to see okay well how did they react to this thing that i said and what do i need to do in the future to adjust how i come across and it it can be very difficult and working with a professional can sometimes help you understand that there's nothing wrong with like working with a therapist 
or um, a communication specialist who can help you learn these skills and learn how to, if you have a situation or if you're somewhere on, you know, having these challenges, um, they can help you work within your challenges and help you overcome them to a certain degree so that you can interact in a way that helps you feel more comfortable in a social situation. Yeah, I think uh, having a therapist who specializes in in these uh, in this particular aspect of communication is really important, especially if you are perhaps on the autism spectrum or or do have other kinds of mental difficulties or emotional difficulties with with connecting with other people and understanding people. I think it's absolutely important to seek a professional who is uh, an expert in that field. If it is something that you have been unable to manage on your own and you feel that it's holding you back from the things that you want to do or the experiences you want to have or the relationships that you want to have. So absolutely, I think that's uh, that's key. So I would love to hear your answer, our listeners. I'd love to hear your answer to that question. So you can go on our Facebook community on hashtag adulting, or you can ask us another question in the community or go to adulting.tv slash ask to send us a message. That is how we get most of our questions, many of which we will answer in a podcast or in a video or in an article. Just did an article recently about investing while in college. So look for that because I know that came from a reader and we, we built that into an article. So you can also subscribe to this podcast, which I hope you do at adulting.tv slash iTunes if you're on Apple Podcasts, but we're also on Stitcher and Google Play. So you can just search for adulting or you can search for my name or Miranda's name. You can find it. And until next time, remember to behave like a grown up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.